Julia, a warm welcome to you. And of course, thank you for checking out the Streaming Wisdom solo and sometimes podcast. A place for you to thoroughly relish in a stream of embodied wisdom, whether it's my wisdom, someone else's, or your very own wisdom activated by what you're hearing. This is for you if you're desiring stellar shifts in perspective that liberate you from self-sabotage and illuminate your authentic self and true nature. It's especially for you if you love a good yarn showcasing the magic and mystery of life and how enchanting it truly is. And I'm talking about stories with purpose, the kind that bring forth a state of awe, optimism, and trust in yourself and your fellow humans. These stories are intended to help you cultivate your own wisdom as you pioneer new ways of being in the realms of leadership, health and wellness, inner growth, relationships, purpose, creative expression, and much more. Would you like to know what we're getting up to? Well, together we'll eagerly ride the waves beyond fear, beyond drama, and even beyond the pursuit of truth to a place of simply what is real right now about who we are and the nature of reality. By tuning in, you are also fine-tuning yourself to the frequencies of love, power, and wisdom, which is the ultimate intention of streaming wisdom. So thank you in advance for the wonderful contribution you are making to yourself that's rippling out to all humankind, all beings, and our beautiful home that is Earth. I hope you're as excited as I am and simultaneously relaxing into a comfy place to enjoy this episode of Streaming Wisdom. Welcome to Making Friends With Your Pain. Straight up, I'm going to celebrate you. Wow, you're here. You're listening to some lady ramble on about making friends with pain. And that's pretty much the opposite of what everyone wants to do. They want to get out of pain. The thought of making friends with their pain doesn't sound as fun (laughs) as not experiencing it. But I'm sure you're experiencing some genuine excitement in my voice that there must be something in this making friends with your pain. Now, if I had one wish, oh, just one desire for every man, woman and child, it would be that they could truly do this. They could make friends with all sorts of pain, the chronic conditions, the physical pain, the emotional pain. Oh, and definitely that deep soul pain. Yeah, (laughs) some of you know what I'm talking about. The reason I would want this for everyone is because life is so much easier (laughs) when we are not in resistance to what is showing up in our reality, whether that be a wonderful experience or whether that be pain. And when I've dug a little deeper into what pain is, 
every single time I have found pain to be a powerful messenger, an ally, a friend, someone who is communicating to me utter truth. Truth about me, my situation, how I really feel about things, how I feel about my home, my business or career, how I feel about my relationships, as much as I can be really good at pretending or lying to myself, which is not something obviously anyone would do on purpose. It's just how we survive when we're unable to access our deepest, truest feelings. And sometimes because those feelings are frightening to us, they are the unknown, we kind of make up a whole different story about what's really going on. So even when I've convinced myself that I'm perfectly okay, which by the way is happening less and less, pain puts its hand up and says, hang on a minute, (laughs) we're not quite done here. And in that beautiful moment, when I get curious, when I lean in and I wonder what is actually going on truly beyond what I'm saying is happening in my reality, how I'm truly feeling, and I leave so much space for that. And I try not to judge myself and box myself up and assume I know what's happening. When I really allow it to come into my field and arrive like a surprise, those moments are where the growth edge is for me. Oh, they're so wonderful. And I've noticed that every time that this has happened, I have had a beautiful, deeper connection with pain, especially with my body, because so much of this was chronic physical pain. And this deepening relationship builds more trust and more connection and communication. It's kind of like when you get to know someone for the first time, maybe in a relationship, And at the start, it's a little bit interesting trying to navigate the different ways that you behave, communicate, respond, talk. And after a while, you start to come into sync and you start acting like a really great team. And that's what I found with my body and with my pain. It has become the ultimate team member (laughs) and guide and someone that I wanna listen to deeply want to listen to because it is always sharing things with me that I would call my blind spots and accessing information from the realm of what I don't know that I don't even know about me. This is the magical place where true shifts can take place in life. This is what I love. It's kind of what I live for. And when I'm working with people, oh, when the moment drops in for them and they're having these beautiful moments of self-awareness where they're accessing deep parts of them that they never knew were running the show, I look at them and I feel freedom. This is where freedom lies, is when we are able to free ourselves of our own self-limitations. There's so much focus on what's happening externally, outside of us, and all of these things, people, situations, governments, authorities, that are seemingly impacting our ability to be truly free and truly sovereign. 
But in my experience, this all comes from within. Mostly what's happening out there is a reflection of what's going on inside. I find the most powerful place to start is right at home (laughs) and maybe looking right into the mirror. I know some people listening to this will be thinking, well, that doesn't sound like fun. (laughs) I don't want to do that. That sounds hard work. Why would I do that? Why would I make friends with my pain? I want to get rid of it. I want it to go away. And I get it. I think I said the same thing over and over again to myself. I just want my pain to end. I just want my pain to end. Can you hear what else is being said behind those words? I can. And maybe this is just in my personal experience. Maybe this doesn't apply to everyone else or even anyone else. But I can hear, I just want my life to end. I just want my life to end. Because if there is pain, there is life. If there is life, there is pain. It is a major contributor to our experience incarnating in this strange reality called Earth. It plays a vital role and that's what I want to talk about. And I also want to show you how pain truly is the pathway to freedom. Because a big part of becoming good friends, I would even say besties with your deepest pains, truly is overcoming your fear of pain. And when we fear pain, we avoid it so much so (laughs) that we never get an opportunity to actually go through it. And on the other side of this is something that I've experienced that I am so passionate about. It is true liberty, true freedom and true sovereignty. So it's worth it is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, it's really worth it. Which is why I find myself standing here today streaming this topic that I feel incredibly passionate about. And what's lighting me up even more is your listening. (laughs) What's going on in your world, the world of pain? What types of pain are you experiencing? How long has this been going on for in your life? Is it something you've just noticed? Has it been building for some time? Or are you at total tantrum stage where you have had enough and you're at your wits end? You want something to change so bad, you will do anything, anything that feels true and right for you, even if it seems a little obscure. So I'm definitely hoping to catch some of you guys because Most people are going to try and put out pain like a fire. They just want to get rid of it. And I understand why. (laughs) Believe me, I do. But we're missing the beauty of what that pain is trying to tell us. And when something is finally acknowledged and even accepted (laughs) as, okay, I'm allowing this to be my reality. I'm allowing this pain to show me something. It's actually quite amazing how quickly things change. 
oh, I can't wait to get to that part later. <laughs> but first, I want to share with you a little bit about my journey with pain so you know where I'm coming from. And hopefully you can find some little golden pieces of my story that activate and awaken something within you. So when did this all begin? Hmm. <laughs> okay, I think I'm right back there. Now, I don't know if any of this is true. This is just what I remember. I think the very first type of pain I felt was that deep soul pain that I was talking about earlier. And what does that feel like? Oh, that pain shows itself in so many different ways in life. Yeah, let's just spend a moment talking about this so you know exactly what I mean. So that deep soul pain can be when you are so out of alignment with your purpose, what you feel you are really here to do. And that's mostly going to appear in your work, career, business, where you spend most of your time, or even feel like where you waste most of your time because that hurts when you spend all day, five days a week, um, turning up to a job where you don't feel that you are expressed to your fullest potential, you are not allowing your creative expression to flow through you, you don't feel like it is reaching a certain value system within inside of you that makes you feel like you are contributing to something real, to something important, to something that you truly believe in. And it can lead to feelings of inadequacy, depression. It can certainly make us feel very sluggish and draining. It's so energetically draining to have your awareness placed outside of you into some other company or organization or even another person all day, every day. Like really, the greatest thief here is not necessarily of time. It's of your energy and your awareness your creative potential. Now that can cause a deep soul ache feeling where it's just like, what is this place about? I didn't come to experience this. <laughs> this isn't fair. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. And you just feel like you're ripping off one person only. Mostly I'm gonna say, and that's you. But then now as I say this, yeah, you're ripping off a lot more people because so many people you feel are meant to receive the other end of your magic, your creative expressions, your genius. So yeah, there's a lot of loss going on there. There's a lot of grief and pain and dread because when we have to get up and do it all over again, it's just this projection into the future that something's not right. And it spans beyond that moment. It like encompasses your whole life. So yeah, that's my take on soul pain. <laughs> so the first time I experienced this would be as a very young girl, I don't know how old, but I know it was probably the first time I became aware that I was alive. And I'm looking at things around me, four walls in a room. I see the farm outside, often red dirt, <laughs> a lot of dust, a lot of blue skies, sometimes some greenery, but mostly just this vast, expansive space that was so flat. It's just it goes on and on <laughs> where I'm from. And in this place, it is beautiful in so many ways, which 
I only just realized maybe a few years ago, actually, that being in this space is so expansive. And what I mean by that is that my being can travel as far as it needs to, uninterrupted by any other human. And there is, in a sense, a lack of an abundance of life. So even with all of the other beings of the land, there's just less space. There's not too much going on taking up space. So yeah, it's like you can just spread as far as you need to go. And I love that now, but when I was a little girl, it felt empty and it felt like there was nothing out there. And I was led to believe that this is what our reality was about by everybody, by my peers, by my family, my parents, my teachers, everything that I read or saw or watched on television or heard. It was all this reinforcement of the hmm, pretty beautiful reality that we have in front of us, but kind of basic in a sense that there's so much more to what we can experience with our main senses. Uh, there's <laughs> so much more. I don't really, I'm lost for words in this moment because I just didn't believe it. At the time when I was a girl, I was like, this isn't all there is. It can't be, there must be more than this. I didn't come to this place. Arriving in this body was like some sort of giant letdown. <laughs> That's all I know how to say that was. And hence, I experienced a lot of deep soul ache. I felt a connection with something well beyond this world, the place that I perhaps came from, perhaps the place that I was going to return to, who knows, but I wasn't satisfied. And what was worse was that I felt so alone. I didn't know how to articulate what was going on for me. And I felt so sad. Is this what life is? Is this really all that it is? So yeah, that was the beginning of pain. And I would say that years down the track, I experienced quite a lot of emotional pain. And that comes from all the different experiences that I had growing up in my life. Really just the typical stuff that comes from growing up in the middle of the outback in the 80s and 90s where compared to today everything is so different it's vastly different even just if you look at our emotional intelligence and how that has evolved in the last 30 or 40 years it's quite profound so I certainly don't feel like I need to go into any details I just feel we're all on the same page and that is during these times we all had pretty challenging childhoods and the generation before us and before that one and that one, it was probably more challenging, at least when it comes to emotional pain. And even though today we have some serious mental health issues, some might even say, well, things are getting more challenging for the youth. And I definitely don't disagree with that. I don't actually even know, to be honest. All I'm saying is we have definitely come leaps and bounds in how we handle it, how we address it and how we respond to it. So yay for emotional intelligence. <laughs> but yes, that was my second experience of pain. And that was felt very deeply through things like my family separating through people that I loved going through incredible mental health issues and pain themselves. 
It was felt through my first heartbreaks. And I'm going to say most of all, it was felt through what I was experiencing happening in the world. I was genuinely worried for the state of the world, even as a young woman, as a teenager at school. I remember in one of my geography classes, I had this incredible teacher who always taught off the curriculum and would often bring news to our attention that you wouldn't necessarily see in the news, but should have been like changes in international trade agreements that severely disadvantaged a country or genetically modified foods or GMOs, which were becoming a thing back when I was 17 years of age. So I felt very deeply connected to what was happening on our planet and with people to our environment. I had a lot of fire in me <laughs> as well. I had a lot of opinions. I had a lot of things that I wanted to say. And like many other people my age feel really relieved that I didn't have social media back then where what I said was somehow recorded for good. <laughs> But anyway, that was a big part of my emotional pain, was a genuine concern and fear for humankind. And if you've already tuned in to some of my previous episodes, you might know a little bit about me, what I'm up to in the world, and maybe clearly seeing that this was a beautiful pathway that forged who I am today and what I'm here to do the amazing contribution that I am bringing to the world that I feel so lit up by and so satisfied that I feel like I'm living my purpose. This deep pain of what I felt for humankind was that pathway. And I'm so glad I didn't shut it down. Well, I mean for good. I certainly shut it down for a period of time and it has reawakened within me this... hmm, this love of this place, <laughs> this love of this planet, this deep desire to create a better experience for us all. That is what's aliving me now. And whilst we're on the topic, I wonder if you have ever thought about things that happened particularly in your childhood and as you were growing up and started to notice that these really painful, challenging moments that you had actually began leading you towards what you're really here to do. And if you haven't already, I bet you will. <laughs> it's pretty much inevitable in anyone I've ever met, worked with personally, my friends, certainly myself. Although maybe this isn't entirely true for every single person now that I've just said that, <laughs> but I think it's true for many of us. And that is our pain serves as a powerful forecast for our purpose. So the things that are driving you the most mad, causing you the most upset, the most amount of grief, could actually be the thing that is forging your future expression and your genius and your original intention, your reason for being here. Hmm, respect. <laughs> A lot of respect for that pain. Now let's get to the one that really got me, that broke me, which was my physical pain. And by the way, I'm feeling a little awkward and uncomfortable in sharing these types of pains in a way that divides them into neat little categories, 
when that is certainly not the case in my experience. I don't think it's the experience of anyone. I don't know how to experience physical pain without all the emotional pain attached to that, what I make that physical pain mean, for example. So for me, everything is intrinsically connected, but for the sake of sharing this story and making my points, I'm happy to talk about these things separately, but hopefully you will be able to start to see how they all relate through the way I'm sharing my story. Okay, so my physical pain began when I was in year nine at school. I remember sitting in the stools in our science lab and felt a lot of pain in the thoracic area of my back. I remember complaining a lot on the inside. I was actually deeply embarrassed to tell anyone what was going on for me. I thought there was something wrong or awkward about my body because I was one of those really thin, tall, awkward teenagers and I just kept quiet about it. But that's when I felt oh, something doesn't really feel right when I'm sitting here. I remember when I left school, I had the odd pinching sciatic nerve that felt uncomfortable, but didn't seem to bother me too much. And after years of working as a waitress in hospitality and then as a sales rep, I was on my feet so long, like all day and often in the most terrible shoes. I really didn't look after my body. And that had escalated into really uncomfortable sciatica much more frequently a lot of pain in my feet, in my knees. And it wasn't until I was in my mid to late 20s, I think, I remember I went for a walk and it was with my auntie. It was from Coogee Beach to Bondi and back. And I used to do this walk a lot years ago when I lived in Sydney. So this was nothing new to me. There are some stairs and some hills, but it's not a really hard walk or anything. And I remember after leaving her and walking back up the hill to my house in Coogee, it's like my body switched into a whole different body in one moment. It was really kind of scary. And I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't know how to articulate it. I still don't even know if I can, but all right, I'll try. (laughs) I just felt as though My body aged about 30 years in one moment. (laughs) That's the only way I know how to describe it. Everything was amplified. That pain in my knee was throbbing and I felt it in my other knee, my sciatic nerves running down the back of my legs and also nerves from my hips down the front. They just seemed really unsettled. I was experiencing all this pain, like my body was being squeezed or crushed. I remember feeling Um, really tight and restricted and I was just walking back up the hill thinking what the fuck has happened to my body and I don't know whether it happened in that one moment or it's more that I just suddenly became so present to my body for the first time in a long time that I could actually finally feel what was going on for me hmm yeah that sounds more right that's probably what was happening (laughs) I am very suspicious that I was the recipient, unfortunately, of a vaccine injury. I was talked into taking Gardasil for the prevention of cervical cancer. I remember having my third one probably about three or four days before that walk. And for anyone who has looked deeply or even just a little glance into this 
vaccine and the effects that it's had on so many young women, especially neurological effects, you will know that there is a chance, even if it's a small one, that that vaccine played a role in what happened with my body. And some of you may disagree, and that's totally okay. This is my story and my truth only. (laughs) But I just wanted to take this moment to point out that so many people have chronic pain because they have been exposed to an incredible amount of toxicity. And they think that there's something physically wrong with their body that biomechanically they're either not made right or they've had an accident and something's gone seriously wrong when actually it could prove very fruitful to look down the path of toxicity and to also look down the path of fascia. Both of those things I did and I had amazing results and I'm looking forward to sharing a bit more about that later in this stream. But moving on, also around the time of this realization that, wow, there is something not right about my body. I feel way too old to be in a body this young. I was also in the middle of a mental breakdown. In my world, I'd lost everything. I was on Centrelink payments and I was renting a unit in Coogee. I was in a pretty bad place. I was self-medicating with marijuana. I was seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist. I can't remember, actually. (laughs) Actually, they did prescribe me new antidepressants, so there you go which I didn't take, by the way, for very long because every time I started taking them, I felt more suicidal than I already was. And they seemed to go right through my system, like they really irritated my digestion, which in hindsight, I'm really happy about because I had to find my own way. And for me, just me, I'm not saying anyone else, that was definitely the right path. But anyway, the point of sharing that is I hit rock bottom and my self-confidence was incredibly low. I was also dating someone at the time that, hmm, I guess I called in to bring out the deepest wounds in me around feeling inadequate, feeling ugly, feeling undesired and my rage and my jealousy. And I found that every time I went out with him and his friends, I was always so paranoid of other women and his attention going towards other women. So I felt like in my world, I had to become the most beautiful, fittest looking woman that had the best clothes and looked the most desirable everywhere that I went. And we went out a lot. (laughs) So that was hard work. But what I ended up doing, which in hindsight was just crazy. Now that I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But I know many of you listening in will or likely will relate in some way. I wanted to look amazing. So I went to the gym, maybe about four, sometimes five times a week. I would be there for at least two hours. I would do cardio. I would do lots of weight training. And then I would spend 20 or 30 minutes stretching out all of my body, thinking that I was in recovery, having no idea that I was making my body worse. What I also did in conjunction with this was lots of yoga because I thought, well, if I'm gonna train this hard, 
I'm going to have to do something really good and really nourishing for my body. Now, I don't want to certainly attack this type of training and intensity or even doing yoga, but in my personal experience, I made my body so much worse, which I will hopefully get to <laughs> in this stream or it may be a part two because I have a really big journey and lots to share about pain. But anyway, just for today, I just want to say that what you think you are doing for your body may not actually be helping it. And mostly because we didn't decide in the first place that that was right for our body. We generally end up in places like gyms and yoga studios trying to reach some sort of ideal or behaving in a way that is programming something that we didn't necessarily choose for ourselves, but society chose for us. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, I can direct you to episode two, which has a lot to do with mind control and self-sabotaging behavior. But anyway, I won't go too off track. I'm just going to say that I guess some part of me believed that I would get fit, look good and be attractive if I trained at the gym and did yoga and that I would be able to look after my body in a way that allowed all of that to happen. But I made it so much worse. <laughs> so my pain levels escalated oh, beyond anything. And because I was choosing to self-medicate and had incredibly low self-esteem, and wanted to avoid my feelings and my pain, I found myself smoking lots of marijuana and drinking copious amounts of alcohol, especially spirits, lots of wine, lots of beer. Okay, I'm just gonna say it all. All three, all of them. And that was my life. That's how I got through. I would go to work in my job that kind of ate away at my soul. I would go to the gym in the afternoons. I would do some recovery, whether that was stretching or yoga. I would go home, have a shower, cook dinner, drink alcohol, and wait for the weekend and party all weekend. I lived in Canberra and I found it to be very uneventful. I would drive to Sydney, Melbourne with my partner at the time, Newcastle, wherever we would see old friends, and I just found myself on an endless party. And this is getting now late into my 20s. So for some reason, the party switch didn't turn off for me when it did for a lot of other people. So all of this stuff actually made my body worse. And I would scoff and laugh at the time. How could my nutrition or anything that I was doing have anything to do with my chronic pain? For me, I was in pain. There was something wrong with my body. It wasn't fair and it's not my fault. <laughs> now, I didn't say that to anyone. I just feel like that's what was going on deep inside of me. It was this real victim mentality. So anyway, I moved to Perth. I think I'm 29 at the time. I try to continue going to the gym. And for some reason, I just have no motivation. And I'm like, what's going on? I used to be so motivated. I never had an issue with motivation ever in my life when it came to fitness because I wanted to look the best, <laughs> remember? I had all the motivation I needed in the world. But I guess I was experiencing lots of exhaustion and feeling like, oh, I just can't be bothered. I also had to walk really far to the gym where I was. I didn't have a car. 
at the time either. So it was just hard work. And the days that I did have access to a car, sometimes I just felt too lazy or I go for like 45 minutes and then just feel bored. That's what it was, I remember now. It wasn't just exhaustion. I started to feel really bored. And at the same time, my relationship was coming to an end and I just had no reason to look good anymore. I'm like, I don't need to look good for you. I can look however I want. And my body, if it needs to age and not look as firm as it did or as thin, then so be it. But yeah, there was a lot of boredom I felt. So I would just go home feeling like I didn't really do a proper workout and then feel kind of sluggish as well. So that was happening. And then I had my second relapse. Well, I guess if it's my second, it's my relapse of chronic fatigue, which I first had when I was 18 years of age. And I remember walking through a park and just feeling really dizzy. The world started spinning around me. I got really breathless. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was covered in sweat instantly and I don't sweat. And it was a winter's morning. And I knew that if I didn't sit down, I would fall over. So I quickly um, scrambled on the ground to a chair and someone found me and sat with me. And eventually another passerby walked me back to my home. So that was my relapse of chronic fatigue, which means I was actually genuinely feeling really tired. So no wonder I didn't want to train anymore. And anyway, through that journey, I found myself in bed a lot, sleeping a lot and struggling to do the things I needed to do, getting to work, getting food, shopping, housework done. I'd also enrolled in Paramount College of Natural Medicine, I think about six months prior. So yeah, I was working pretty hard actually. And anyway, that's when the pain seemed to escalate beyond anything I'd imagined. I'd already experienced so much chronic pain. It got to a point where I couldn't wear heels at all. I would walk to work in joggers and I found it really hard to transfer just between buses and trains. But after this relapsed, it turned from pain that I felt when I did something to pain that started to happen all the time. Whether I was sitting, lying in a bed, and unfortunately waking up in the night to throbbing pain. I couldn't really do anything and I'd spent most of my life heavily relying on exercise for endorphins to make me feel good about myself, to feel happy and I couldn't even do that. And it wasn't always this bad. Sometimes the pain would back away. In fact, every time I went through a major shift and drastically altered something in my life, I noticed that the pain would immediately switch off and stay that way until I had to do the next thing. (laughs) And I didn't notice that pattern, but it had a lot to do with my jobs, my relationships and where I lived. So I guess there was some sense happening underneath that my chronic pain and my chronic fatigue were trying to show me something. They were being the messenger. And I can remember the very first message my body gave me, clear as day. And I know it gave me millions of them before this moment, but this was the one that I was so consciously aware of, where I'd actually asked my body, what are you trying to show me? So I'm in the shower, 
again, a place of great epiphanies <laughs> and I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm kind of feeling really good. I'm excited because it wasn't all just about my body and pain. I had lots of other wonderful things happening in my life. I got up to lots of amazing adventures and sometimes my mood didn't always match my body. And I was just feeling like, you know what? I'm gonna find out what this pain's about. I know there's something really going on. Why would it suddenly just come up and out of nowhere? So a little backstory. <laughs> when I was very young, my mum became quite ill and I won't go into any details. That is her story to share, not mine. But I got glandular fever at the age of 16. And many of you know the Epstein-Barr virus can escalate into more long-term issues. Well, that certainly happened with me, as you now can tell. But when I was at this age and I was struggling with getting better, it took me some time to bounce back and I was really quite ill. I felt like my mum suddenly became better. It's like it pulled her out of her own illness because she had one of her children that she had to look after. And I don't know if any of this is true. I just realized in the shower, oh my gosh, you know, I think I helped mum become better by taking her focus off herself. And you know, when you just need that motivation to pull yourself up out of your own stuff and and when we've been in our own stuff for a long time, sometimes that's the exact thing that we need to heal. You may have heard of that quote, if you have lots of little problems, then go and invent a giant problem. One big problem, something so huge, something like a project that you feel passionate about, an issue that you wanna resolve. It's like suddenly all of your little problems seem to disappear, <laughs> so. I felt like it was kind of like that. So I'm having this experience in the shower and I've said to my body, like, what are you trying to show me? And I see that, that vision of when I was younger come to life and my mom caring for me. And then it occurred to me, wow, when I got the first experience of chronic fatigue, which was only a couple of years later, I was living with my mom in Bondi Beach and she took me around to doctors and I think a specialist and then eventually to a nutritionist and they just all gave me that weird category of chronic fatigue which is so much more than that <laughs> and so much more simple way more simple it's not as complex as it's made out to be at least in my experience but she was there supporting me and as I then left Sydney and started traveling around Australia and went on my crazy adventures that I really really enjoyed we would go weeks, sometimes even a couple of months before talking. And then every time I would talk with my mom on the phone, she would always ask about my health because, well, she wanted to know how I was. She was probably concerned, wanted to check that I was okay. And soon without realizing it, our conversations became so much around my health. So once again, I'm realizing this as I'm standing in the shower and I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> we are so connected through health, through our bodies and so much of our relationship has been built on my state of being. And what if every time I was falling sick, there was some sort of attention or some cry for help to receive that connection and that relationship with my mom because she lived on the other side of Australia. 
And I just thought, wow, I don't feel disconnected from her. I feel close to her. But we just don't understand how these systems <laughs> that we have that are programmed and operate behind the scenes, what, how do they function? Like, what is actually going on? And it really felt true to me at the time. I was thinking, wow, I think my body is playing up because it has this relationship and it wants to maintain it. It's scared that if I get better and I really find true health, and I heal from my pain, I heal from my fatigue, what does that mean for my relationship with my mum? I realize this makes no logical sense, but again, we're dealing with the subconscious mind. There's not much logic going on inside of there. It's a whole nother realm. So that was the very first message I received from my body. And I remember then and there, I felt a distinct difference between my levels of energy and my pain. And of course, that lasted for weeks, if not months. And I felt, wow, I don't have to be in fear of losing my mom over getting healthy. I can get healthy and still have a great relationship. So that was a really interesting experience and possibly the very first time that I realized how deep our connection is with our pain and our emotional body and also with our heart and how intertwined all of this is. That was my first hint. And as the years unfolded, I got so many more confirmations that this is exactly what's going on. Our symptoms are often an expression of something that's going on deep with inside of us, a heart pain, a mental pain, a soul pain, whatever you want to call it. And as I had enrolled in a course called Mind Body Medicine, I was deep into this journey of exploring the wonderful world of the interrelationship between the mind and the body. And I would also add in there the spirit and the heart. And everything starts to make sense. <laughs> Why we don't want to face our pain is because there is so much underneath it. Something as simple as dealing with a pain in the knee or the hip or the shoulder, not always, but can often and in many cases be a cry for help. And the thought of actually really dealing with that pain can be a loaded experience and truly Pandora's box once we open it. And I feel like this is why so many people don't want to open it. They won't even go near the box. They will pick painkillers, cortisone injections, alternative therapies, surgery, you name it, anything sometimes over what they truly have to face. And this is not a conscious choice we make. It's made by our fear. <laughs> our fear makes it for us. Some people never really get the opportunity to face their pain. It's like they won't really even have any experience that they need to go there. There'll be no sign, no indication, no pathway. They'll find themselves walking into some sort of medical center and walking out with something that represents a dulling of the pain or hiding it or masking it. And if that becomes a regular pattern, well, most people won't want to stop because they know what awaits for them on the other side. 
and they won't even get the experience of realizing that their pain is an opportunity. It is something we need to feel. And when we think about pain in its raw, natural state, it serves an incredible purpose. You wouldn't be able to make it from one room to the next without your nerves sensing your environment and alerting you of any trouble. Think of all the times we would have walked into danger, burnt ourselves. Imagine putting our hand on a hot plate and having no idea that it was on. Hmm. (laughs) Yes, pain truly is our friend. It keeps us alive. And then some. Pain can be so much more than that. It can show us where we are off track in our lives. And it speaks so loudly to us that it wants us to listen. And it took me many years to realize this. I'm so glad I have now. (laughs) And only in hindsight, damn it. (laughs) But when I realized that my chronic fatigue and my chronic pain served a purpose in keeping me on track with my life, I was in awe. Because I realized that chronic fatigue particularly was flaring up in my system every single time I was betraying myself when I wasn't being true to me. The deepest level of betrayal, betraying why I'm here, betraying my purpose, allowing myself to be in really unhealthy, toxic relationships keeping myself in a job that was making me feel depressed and suicidal and miserable. But I can see why my body was speaking to me. It was worried. It wanted me to know, hey, things are not going on here. I'm going to make you stop. And how do you make Julia stop? (laughs) I imagine my body saying, well, I'll put her in pain and I'll drain all of her energy and she'll stay in bed and she will have to feel the pain of life, what's really going on for her, what is underneath that physical pain are so many locked up, suppressed tears, along with lashings of denial about my current situation. It's such a relief to know that my body was on my side all of this time. And what it was also doing was alerting to me that something physically was not okay. In my case, my fascia was in such a poor state of health, it was causing me so much pain. And if you're unsure about fascia, you've maybe just heard the name or don't really know too much about it. I cannot go into it right now because that would take me on a massive side tangent. I highly recommend you look into it and I will do future episodes about the fascia because it is such an amazing topic to cover. But just for now, all you need to know is it plays a major role in pain for so many people. And that was certainly my situation. So I just found that the more my body was screaming, (laughs) help, I'm in pain, the more I listened and became friends with it, I was really just ready to receive the messages. And I don't know how to explain how this works. And even if it's a thing, I just like to think it is. I swear (laughs) that when I'm in deep connection with my body, which I like to think I'm in most of the time now, 
I just get guided to all the resources that I need. I truly feel that my body guided me to find out about the impacts of my lifestyle on my fascia and then my relationship with pain and fascia. And this is why making friends with our body is so important is because when you build this beautiful trust and you're not trying to beat it up, berate it or hate on it, it actually wants to work with you, believe it or not. It really wants you to get out of the situation that you're actually in. And I'm going to save all of that for another episode when I have more space and more time to go deep. What I want to leave you with today is the most important step. The very first thing that I did to begin my journey of making friends with my pain. I was sharing about this journey hmm, sometime last year, I can't remember when, to a very incredible man who has since passed. And we were discussing how I can support him through pain relief and fascia work. And I rambled on and on and told him all about my journey and what I got up to and all of this and that with pain. And he is so good at summing up 30 minutes in a few words. He said, so Julia, are you telling me that I need to make friends with my pain? And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) that's all I meant. (laughs) That's exactly what we're doing. So thank you, my dear friend, for leaving me with such a beautiful phrase so people can easily grasp it, hang on to it and go, ah, that's what I need to do. Okay, so where it all began. Well, I was on a mission of doing inner work. I was looking at my shadow. I was in a very challenging relationship that was constantly mirroring back to me who I was. And as a result, experiencing rapid speed transformation of of myself. I had recently returned home to Australia after a retreat that was held in Ireland with some amazing women and we were catching up on Zoom, I think every like month or so at the time, just to integrate our journey of returning home. And at the time of this particular call, I had ended my relationship. I was feeling really free because I knew I had done the right thing by me. (laughs) I could tell by the incredible energy rushing through my body every day. I felt alive and liberated and free. I didn't experience grief or tears or hurt or pain. I'm sure I experienced all of that within the relationship, but by the time it came to an end, it was a magnificent experience of total rebirth. And at the same time, I was becoming aware that my experience in this relationship was so important to my journey, even though it caused me so much pain at the time. I knew it was shaping who I was becoming and I loved who I was becoming. So anyway, we were finishing up the call and we were all sharing our final words, like parting thoughts, things that we wanted to leave everyone else with. And I remember saying, having no idea where this was coming from, it just came through me, that there is nothing wrong with each and every moment. 
and I felt the oof of that landing in the space. There was so much acknowledgement and deep agreement and understanding that, yeah, I feel the truth in that. (laughs) But most importantly, I felt the truth in me. And for some time, each morning I had been doing a routine. It was a movement kind of based off Qigong, I guess, loosely, I'm not sure, but where you clear your energy from your body. And I used to love doing that because when I would start to cleanse my body with my hand movements, I'd have a whole shopping list of the things I wanted to clear. (laughs) Stress and worry and resentment, anger. Oh, and of course my health issues, all my physical pain, my chronic fatigue. I was intending that I would be cleansing my body of this every morning. But that whole process changed that very day because I realized I'd been making my life wrong. I'd been making my reality wrong, my fatigue, my pain, my disastrous relationships, (laughs) whatever it was, I was disagreeing with what was showing up in my reality and I was resisting my life. And I knew that resisting my life was causing a lot of pain. I'd already experienced that. Again, I'd gone through a whole journey around choosing life as opposed to being in resistance to life, which I covered in episode two. But it never occurred to me to apply this to my emotional pain and especially my physical pain. And the moment it did was an absolute game changer. What if there was nothing wrong with my physical pain? What if everything that was happening with my body was the way that it was meant to be? What if there was nothing wrong with this moment? And I realized that I just collapsed this whole reality and never even noticed. If I was to accept my pain, then I was accepting being in pain for the rest of my life. That's not true. That's just a perfect example of being in physical pain and then making it mean something which it's actually not true and making the pain so much more excruciating because often what we make our pain mean adds so much more physical pain to the body. But what about if this moment, this very moment, I can accept being in pain, I can accept having chronic fatigue, What if that's completely fine, that there's nothing wrong with where I'm at? That I'd never thought about. It doesn't mean forever. It means just now in this moment. And you know what? It was less about, is this true? It was more about what this provides. (laughs) Because I don't really care about truth anymore. I just want what is real. (laughs) And what is real is that even if I believe something, which is not entirely true if the very act of believing supports me in having a better experience in life why not believe it and why not loosely believe it and let go of the belief as soon as it served its purpose but why do we have to get so attached to what is true and real and not versus let's just make up a bunch of stories that suit us at the time and then throw them away when we don't need them And this was an amazing story that I made up. So every morning 
instead of my big shopping list of all the things that I wanted to remove from my life, I would cleanse my body and I would say to myself, I release any belief that there is anything wrong with this moment. I release any belief that there is anything wrong with each and every moment. Ah, feels good, hey? (laughs) What if the most disastrous thing happening in your life right now is actually a blessing in disguise? What if your pain is trying to show you something? What if it simply wants to be heard? What if your illness is actually an expression of a deeper pain, desperately trying to get your attention? And what if it wasn't wrong? What if you didn't berate it or yourself? Because if we're making ourselves wrong and we're resisting our life and we're beating ourselves up, especially our bodies, oh, I hate you, I just want you to stop hurting. I just want you to heal, I want you to get better. What does it feel like to be made wrong in your life? By other people, by institutions? What's that experience like for you? And how well do you perform? How well do you move beyond that? It's not really the lubricant for change, is it? (laughs) It really doesn't help anybody. It never has and never will. But when we can just allow our situation to be as it is and no longer resist it, especially our pain, we are inviting in a whole new energy that is aligned with shifting our circumstances. When we get curious, we get intrigued and we lean in a little further and we start to ask questions that we've never asked before. And boy, does that open up a whole new world. (laughs) And as that world opened up inside of me, I gained access to more of who I was. I became a student to myself and began learning more and more about me every single day. And one day I realized that my sciatic pain which probably was my most intense form of pain throughout all of these years, was playing a pretty special role all of this time. It took a while to put the pieces together (laughs) and I'm so glad that I can see it now, but I found it used to flare up when I felt I was in emotional danger, particularly in my relationships. And I'm talking all types of relationships here It's really quite incredible because the very last person that I allowed in my life where I experienced an unhealthy relationship with and I felt mistreated, misunderstood and really I felt it was kind of emotionally abusive in some ways even though it had very little to do with the person who is a wonderful person. It was the nature of our relationship more than anything. And anyway, this person that was in my life suddenly left for a while. My pain decreased so quickly, it kind of blew me away. And it's also so many other contributing factors that all weave in to this magical timeline that comes together. I had just made some major lifestyle changes and began introducing fascia work, changing my diet, 
and everything just hummed together at the exact same time. Then I arranged to meet up with this person and suddenly my pain switched back on. <laughs> I couldn't believe it actually. It's like my body was upset that I was going to spend time with this person. Now this conversation that we were having was meant to be about our relationship and how we can repair it. But a few days before meeting, I decided to do a closure process with this person. So I was at the beach and I was just energetically working with them. It was a pretty crazy day actually because the wind swept up and I was really um, taken back to another time in a forest where I used to make symbols with my hands and encant all of these strange sounds and I guess that was similar to a closure process back in those other times. But in the current time, I was saying these words in English as I was performing this process. And it was so beautiful. And in that moment, it became absolutely clear to me that this wasn't a friendship to repair. It was a friendship to complete. And then sure enough, as I'm heading out to meet with this person and have this conversation, my pain escalating more and more as I get there, I get out of the car and find myself limping. I couldn't even walk properly. It was nuts. <laughs> and I was actually in the exact same state when we parted ways many months before. I remember I was in so much pain, I couldn't walk. So I just found that really interesting that it's like my body had to readjust to a whole new dimension to meet with this person. This, this beautiful friend of mine that I'd known for so many years, but it's like our worlds have become so far apart in just a few months. I had to either go back in time or I don't know what it was, just to a different place to be able to actually meet with her. And of course, this meeting was full of miscommunications. It was very challenging. I found it very hard to find her and I couldn't even locate her car in the car park to check that I was actually at the right spot. <laughs> Eventually, I made my way towards her and realized, wow, we look so much better that we had spent all this time apart. Even though I'm limping and in pain, I could feel a really different breath of fresh air in her energy. And I noticed mine was the same. And I knew that I had chosen the right path that our friendship was meant to complete in this life. So we completed our friendship and it was really beautiful, really sad and just really mature and understanding and uh, one of those moments I would never forget actually and I had to return some stuff to her from my car so I went to find her car in the car park after we said our goodbyes and realized that it was there all along it was obscured by a van and it was parked right up at the top of the car park in the shade and it was like when I looked there a number of times <laughs> I actually couldn't see it so we were like literally in different dimensions. And I remember that when I went home that night, I felt a lot of grief and sadness. And I didn't understand why, because I felt so good about the completion of our relationship. But as I got curious at this pain and I cried and allowed the tears to flow through, I was just like, just let myself cry. I don't need to know why I'm crying. 
And of course, in the moment of letting go, I know why I'm crying. And I was releasing lifetimes of epic experiences with this amazing woman that we shared as sisters. All the times that we shared our lives side by side and we played these roles out for each other, a lot of it was filled with sorcery and black magic and quite a lot of pain was caused through that that manifested as physical pain in my body today. So these epic wars that we were in, this sister rivalry and misuse of our magic and sorcery left scars in my body and I'm sure in hers but possibly in different expressions. But anyway, I released it all, I let it all out and throughout the next few weeks my sciatic pain went away and it went away for good. (laughs) It's such an incredible thing to think that you will be in pain your whole life and there's no end to it and you wish Only if you could leave your body in some way that didn't cause tragedy or grief or trauma or pain to the people that you loved. And all you wanted was either a new body or to get the fuck out of this one. (laughs) To be always in pain, you know, for weeks on end, sometimes months, waking up in the middle of the night and getting worse. I mean, as, as we age and... As we go through life and our body goes under more stress and we collect more painful experiences, it just seems like it all gets worse. And I was terrified of how I would feel at 50, 60, 70 years of age when at the time I felt like an old woman in a young woman's body. So much pain, so much restriction. And then to go through this incredible process of accepting me for who I am, all of me, including my health conditions, my mental health conditions, and especially my chronic pain, and really allow myself to be as I needed to be, not make it wrong, not resist it, but just allow myself to feel it. Because not only had I been working on my emotional pain, my heart pain, soul pain, mental pain, whatever you want to call it, I was also working on my body. And a big part of that was I stopped holding on and contracting and tightening and squeezing my muscles, which is a very natural thing to do when you are in chronic pain. You hold on because you don't want to feel. Why would you? Why would anyone want the feeling of pain rushing into their body? But over the many years of very gently letting go bit by bit, creating more trust with my body, getting to know my body and loving my body as she is in her totality, I was able to let go bit by bit. And there were many moments where I allowed all of my physical pain to flood into my body and to really feel it. And instead of sitting there a victim to my own pain, I would sit there and be like, wow, this is my pain. This is what's happening. What are you trying to show me? I'm really, really listening. And I'm sorry that I didn't listen before. I'm listening now. There were so many of those magical moments and I guess when 
you add everything up <laughs> and every day you're shifting a little more, you're introducing new things, you're, hmm, I guess, increasingly moving out of this state of victim into I'm the creator of my reality and I take full responsibility for my situation. I was finally able to and that's truly what helps us move through these experiences that helps us get to the other side. Because if I look back over my life and I look at all of the ways I shut myself down, I suppressed myself, my expression, my voice, my truth, where I betrayed myself through staying in the wrong job, career, relationship, home, whatever that may be, where I drank myself into oblivion, I ate the worst foods, I put so much strain and pressure on my body trying to make it work for me and look good for me. Just such an arrogant, controlling position of authority where I was the boss and my body had to do what I wanted. And I never once considered or consulted my body and acknowledged that we were a team and that it was sharing with me constant streams of amazing data and information that I could work with. And it wasn't until I truly listened and I made my situation right that I was able to reach this place and move beyond all the different expressions of pain in my life. And now, do I still experience pain? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Why would I not want to experience pain? It's amazing. <laughs> it's constantly teaching me things, but I just have a whole different relationship with it. It doesn't get me down. Instead of drowning in an ocean of my pain, I'm floating above it and I'm riding the waves of it. And the pain is a lot less. Um, physically, I have... Oh, feeling really touched by this, but I would say about 95% less pain than I used to have. I just have <laughs> these little niggling, little funny things that happen in my body where I'm like, oh, you're hurting. Well, what's that about? Let's have a chat. And do I experience emotional pain? Oh, deeply. But do I love it now more than ever? And I move through it so quickly and it's so much more graceful. And truly, pain is not something to be scared of. It's everything that we make it mean. That's the toothless monster. Because pain can be one thing, but if you think your life should end and you're in so much discomfort that you don't want to even be in a body, well, how much does that meaning contribute to the pain? It's like tenfold. And if you experience deep mental or emotional pain and you make that mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're a mistake or that you'll never feel happy or well again, wow, I'm sure you can see how much more that exacerbates the situation. So sometimes dividing what your pain actually is with what you're making it mean is a very powerful enlightening process and there's so many more processes that i would love to share with you in future episodes but i want to thank you and celebrate you once again for being willing to even consider the possibility of becoming besties with your pain and if you received any insights around your own pain 
Yay! <laughs> if you want to share them with me, you can go to my website and contact me from there. And I would be honored and thrilled to hear all about how this stream helped you with your journey of pain. Wow. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you making the space in your life to tune into this episode of Streaming Wisdom. I trust you enjoyed it so much that you're about to share it with a loved one who may welcome this wisdom being sent their way. So you're aware, I'm not on social media at the time of this release. So if you wish to say hello, ask a question, or browse my current offers, go to grailleadership.earth forward slash streaming wisdom. And the best way to stay in touch is to subscribe on my website where you can receive my seasonal email musings and a heads up when new episodes are released. If you have received greatly from Streaming Wisdom and feel an urge to give back, here are my most cherished ways of receiving your appreciation. One is to share an episode on social media or with a loved one. Another is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and reviews are very welcomed. You can also make a financial contribution via the podcast page. Again, that's grailleadership.earth forward slash streaming wisdom. However you contribute, know that it fills my heart and fuels more episodes of streaming wisdom. Thank you again, wise one. See you next time.